Jason Rossi, pop culture pile driver. Uh, we have AEW Double or Nothing this weekend. It is a very interesting titled uh, pay-per-view. Uh, I guess, like, you know, it's not Double or Nothing again or, or, you know, the second Double or Nothing. It's just Double or Nothing. I guess 2020 would be the official name. I'm going to predict the card, give you some of my thoughts on what will happen, uh, some surprises, some returns, some debuts. Are we going to see some former WWE? E wrestlers debuting this weekend. Uh, it should be very interesting nonetheless. Uh, my original thought going into this, I saw nine matches and it gave me a headache and my nose started to bleed because I'm like, God, these long cards, like, just don't do it. Like, I guess, you know, we just had Money in the Bank, which was like two hours and 20 minutes, which was glorious. Not just because it was just all killer, no real filler in there, especially where these empty stadium matches. I think AEW has done 13 times better job of making their programming look more live alive it's the pyro it's the outdoors it's the sound it's the noise it's the non-echo it's not being in a facility the size of my bedroom it has been benefiting very much in this very difficult time um don't get me wrong wwe has put out some really good stuff too this is not there's no hate but i just have noticed that aew just is a joy to watch much easier to watch and much more um swallowable that's a new word um two hours each week but uh i just think it's gonna be very interesting how they play this one out so let's get into the card uh double or nothing kicking off with the uh buy-in first off this is on bleacher report live uh and it's still 50 dollars, which i it's hard i want to say it aggravates me but then at the same time these are people that still have to do everything they can to keep their businesses going and i know we're talking about multi-millionaires behind the scenes but at the same time these wrestlers still uh, how else are they making money right now tv deals yes but these pay-per-view buys are going to be important i think they've done a good enough job to make this card worth the 50 dollars Two days ago, if I recorded this, I don't think I would have agreed, especially where they added some matches. But uh, like I said, let, let's just dive into the card. So the buy-in, this is free for all, uh, not not the name they're using, but they better use free for all when they do the in-your-house pay-per-view for NXT. We'll get to that in a couple weeks. So we kick off with Private Party versus the Best Friends. Uh, Private Party, haven't seen them in a hot minute. But the thing I like about this is this match is a number one contenders match for the tag team titles, which can also be confusing because one's ranked one, one's ranked three. The number two ranked uh, team, which I believe is Jurassic Express or Lucha Brothers, sorry, it's not in front of me, uh, not involved. So I don't really know how what the whole ranking system is, but... Besides that, I love that this match has stakes. That one thing I really enjoy when there's matches, it's not just like, oh, these two are fighting each other for fun or no feud. Like, if you're just going to have a match kind of out of the blue, let's have it mean something. So the winner of this will go on to face Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. Um, for a stylistic standpoint, storyline standpoint, it's tough to call. If I had to see Kenny Omega and Hangman versus a team for the tag titles, potentially to lose, because I think we're finally going to get to maybe an elite uh, inner work issues that will play out later in the night but i gotta go private party i think best friends is a better fit i think they're more over um i just think private party they had one of the best tv matches tag team matches in a long time i was there live it was in boston uh the second live aew dynamite and they are excellent in the ring they have so much i think to them i kind of feel like the steam was taken away from them um by the i was gonna call them the primetime players r.i.p um, I know it's not really, but Chad Gaspar, I just thought of him when I think primetime players, I think of crime time, they're all related in, in naming rights. So I'm getting a real slippery slope, but I, uh, I just think with private party, um, you know, with WWE using a tag team, very similar to theirs and kind of 
better uh, on the mic, clearly. Uh, I just noticed that I feel like they've kind of lost their steam and they haven't been seen a lot. I still think I would like to see Private Party get this win. I'd love to see them versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega because I think whether they take the titles from them or not, I think that would be interesting. I also feel that we have a feud for the best friends built in already with the Lucha Brothers and Pac, uh, Nightmare, whatever their, their trio is called. I think that's where that's going. So let's get into the main card now. Um, it, there's, you know, I kind of feel like this is in tiers. So I'll start with the matches I feel like are the least important and, um, you know, I hate to put it that way, but least important, Dustin Rhodes versus Sean Spears. Sad to not see Telly Blanchard around, but I loved what Sean Spears with the Sean Spears Network News calling uh, that uh, Dustin Rhodes is retired saying, I challenge you to a fight, so now that I put it on TV, the match must happen. I think we're going to get Dustin Rhodes coming out uh, angry. We haven't seen him since he's been uh, destroyed, and I mean destroyed by Lance Archer a few weeks ago uh, to really put Lance Archer over. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of shape he is in. Uh, mentally, physically. I think Sean Spears needs this win, personally. Um, he's definitely a guy that could take losses, but I think it'll be more interesting for him to get a win, and maybe we start something where Dustin Rhodes stops believing in himself. Maybe he doesn't think he can do it anymore. It was double or nothing last year where, you know, him and Cody had the, maybe one of the best matches I'd ever seen, and just from a pure emotional standpoint, and they, he kind of had that look in his face, like, I don't think I can do this anymore, and that's the whole, I don't need a partner, I need a brother. It was great emotional stuff. I think we need to bring that back. I think Dustin and the entire AEW locker room is the guy you can really fall for because we've watched him over the last 25 plus years sorry 30 years if you've been watching WCW from way back when it first turned into WCW uh, so I think this would be a great spot for Sean Spears to beat him um, maybe he still has some injuries from Lance Archer maybe there's some more un, you know tapped potential in that feud but I think that it would be really interesting for Sean Spears to pick up the win hopefully we get Telly Blanchard back soon and also what happened to Sean Spears looking for a tag partner I guess that just kind of went away. Uh, next up, Dr. Britt Baker, DDS versus Chris Statlander. This match ain't happening. Shouldn't happen. There's no need. I despise the way that the AEW has put their women's division in a hole by just using four women and rotating them in tag matches, four-way matches. I m miss Penelope Ford on this card. That's where I f unfortunately feel like this match is going to go. But I see Dr. Brick Breaker looks like she had a horrendous injury. I'm no doctor. Just watching. Looked like it was an ACL. Could have put her out up to a year, which would be awful. She's picking up major steam. But I think the one positive that could come out of that for Dr. Britt Baker, who I know is listening, is that she may now just be a Mike's woman. Like, she could just come on the mic, maybe do more commentary. She could actually help, really help build this women's division. And maybe if she gets behind a, an up-and-coming heel, or even like a heel little faction that she could have, I think that could be a really good place for her. Um, I do think if they want to go forward and keep this match, it would be Chris Statlander versus Penelope Ford. Uh, Chris Statlander, I think, would pick up that win. I think if this match were to happen, Britt Baker would get the win. I don't want it to happen. Too many injuries, too many risks. Let's move on from it. Uh, another match that I think is in that, uh, we'll see how this goes. I think they picked up steam. Is Nyla Rose defending her AEW Women's Championship versus the best introduced name? No, it's not John Moxley. It is Hikaru Shida. I love when the way that is announced. Um, uh, Shida has been one of those women that I was calling real light for a little while, but she's picked up a ton of steam. Her work has been really, really good on AEW Dynamite. She's picked up win after win after win until this past weekend, uh, this past week's AEW Dynamite, where she lost, actually took the, the 
beast bomb from Nyla Rose taking the pin, but I think that all kind of had something to do with the uh, injury to Britt Baker in that tag match. So I'm going to say Nyla Rose keeps this title. I think she should keep the title. Where there is a no DQ, no no, uh, count out match, um, there is a chance. Sheeta maybe pulls up the big upset. I just don't think that's the right move with Nyla Rose. Make her a dominant beast. Make her someone that whoever the baby face that's going to come up to beat her eventually, maybe it is Sheeta down the road, really has to earn it. And I think this is uh, not the spot to do that. I think, you know, don't give these ladies too much time either. And I hate to say that. I think, um, you know, I don't want to see. Sometimes I feel like the AEW does something with their women's title match where they just let them last a little too long. And no offense to either woman in this match. This is not, Riho is not in this match. You know, you don't have even, you know, in a way, uh, you know, a, a more blood feud tied in. This is kind of just like, yeah, we've seen these women, I feel like, in the ring together over the past few weeks or at least backstage. I, I just, I don't know. I'm not feeling it. Give it seven minutes tops. Let's not make this card super long. And we have a lot of matches to get to that I think deserve a little more time. One last note for the women's division. With Dr. Brick Baker heading into this, I thought it was going to be her versus Brandy, which that's a match I think people would be emotionally invested and interested in. Chris Statlander could use maybe a little bit of a break because she's just, I don't know, she's just not there yet. Or we need a little more backstage or vignettes like they've done with um, with like Darby Allen, some of those like mini films. But the next match on the card would be MJF with Wardlow taking on Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, as JR likes to say. This match, um, another one that I think will be interesting. I know these guys t- tore it down in the past in the indies. You can check out some of their stuff on YouTube or Daily Motion or wherever you find videos that haven't been pulled. Uh, this match to me doesn't have the juice uh, that I'm looking for. I love MJF. Probably the best heel in the business? Question mark, question mark. Um, a guy that I think is a future champion, and maybe that ties into some stuff a little bit later on. I think he is someone that, you know, a slow burn with him has been incredible. From turning on Cody to the match with Cody, beating him, it's just been a really out for the ring. Uh, I think the ring plays a role here. I think, you know, especially where he took out Marco Stunt. I think me, you're probably going to see a little bit of action with Luchasaurus in here to be in the corner. Wardlow versus Luchasaurus, I think, would be a great match down the road. I just feel like these guys, this will be the kickoff. MJF doesn't need the win. Jungle Boy also does not need the win, but I think MJF is undefeated. Let's keep it going. Jungle Boy could become that lovable, uh, you know, loser, quote unquote, trying to get over, trying to get over, trying to get that big win. Um, But I do like to see like a Jurassic Express versus MJF and Wardlow down the road. That could be some stuff to really stall us to whatever the next pay-per-view is and also would, I think, skyrocket MJF further down the road. The one thing I like about AEW, I feel like they already have their plans for like where they want to go next. And if they need a change at any point, they can. But I feel like a lot of these matches, as you're seeing, like are really leading us into different directions with other feuds. Uh, the next match, uh, we're getting to the big part here. I think these are the big four. Let's go with the ladder match, the casino ladder match, because everything with Double or Nothing is all about betting. Of course, this was supposed to be at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. I would have loved to have been there. I think they're opening up soon, by the way. Uh, but anyways, uh, the ladder match here, it is a nine-person, way too many people in a ladder match match. You got Darby Allen versus Colt Cabana versus Orange Cassidy versus Ray Phoenix. Hope he's doing okay. Versus Scorpio Sky versus Kip Sabian versus Frankie Kazarian versus Luchasaurus versus TBA. <sighs> So to me, looking at this match, I'll break it down this way. Cole Cabana and uh, Kip Sabian are in a little bit of a feud. I'm going to take both of them out. That feud, I think, can continue. Great television feud, um, you know, especially involving uh, super bad Penelope Ford. Um, Ray Phoenix and Orange Cassidy. 
are also in a feud that involves, you know, their respective teams with Arn Cassidy with Beth Friends, uh, Ray Phoenix with his brother, and uh, the Lucha Bros with Pac. Um, that, so I think those guys are not going to win, even though I, my early pick for this was Orange Cassidy, because I've been dying for an Orange Cassidy title match, like a 20-minute Orange Cassidy in a main event against, I thought at the time would have been Chris Jericho would have been a better fit. Scorpio Sky got that um, spot a couple months ago, um, but I still think he is very deserving i think he does good ratings wise from what i've seen but i'm going to eliminate him i'm going to take scorpio sky and frankie kazarian out as they are a tag team i'd love to see maybe how they play off that maybe there's a little tension but i also love the way AEW does things where it's like there's tension within a group but it's just competitive tension uh like i'm not calling a split uh luchasaurus i'm also you know he was another one i think could be a big winner in this one but i'm going to take him out of the running also as he will be involved i think with the mjf wardlow jungle boy marco stunt kind of that they can go forward with that. I think he's also very deserving of a title match, but I think it's better suited for a heel champion, especially maybe MJF in the future. But again, that's down the line. We'll get to that. So uh, then before I, you know, then there's Darby Allen and TBA. So for TBA, this person that is yet to be announced, there are rumors out there that that's got to be Sting. Uh, no, I, I, I think that would be a really bad use of Sting. I think he'd be better suited for a live crowd. I've heard the rumors of Drew Gulak. That's another one that's very interesting to me. It really depends on Drew Gulak's um, opinion on his future. That could be with WWE. Um, I think he was getting over with WWE. I think it just that, that's what it comes down to to me. It very well could be him. He has, a, he has no compete is done. He can sign anywhere, anytime. Um, the person I personally wanted to be is Pac, but I don't know if that's the surprise and the, and the zing that people would really like to see or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that's going to get people to jump out of their seats. There's also been rumors of, um, like I said, Drew Gulak's one of the big rumors. Sting has been a rumor. Again, just not not good, not a good setting for either. Well, Drew Gulak would be fine because I don't think he's like a major pop guy. Um, another one that I've seen are some of these other eight, you know released WWE talents. Another one could be Jeff Cobb. Uh, this one might be a little more realistic. He's already within the company. We saw him once uh, in a loss to John Moxley prior to the AEW championship match he had against Chris Jericho. So that could be one. I think another realistic one, uh, quote unquote, Indy Darling, former Impact champion Brian Cage, who is no longer with Impact, is a free agent, could be the guy that comes out here, could make a great debut. The problem I have, I'd rather be somebody that's already in their organization because you keep adding these guys in, especially with all that released WWE talent, and you have to believe a guy like Zack Ryder is on his way to AEW. You have to believe a guy like Rusev has a really good opportunity to be on his way to AEW. Those guys have non-competes for up to 90 days, so I don't think it's going to be them. I don't think it's Sting, so my my gut tells me Jeff Cobb, but if they're looking for a bigger bang, Drew Gulak or potentially Brian Cage. Either way, they're not winning the match, and I don't want them to win the match. The winner of this match is Darby Allen. Darby Allen, uh, another one of those guys I think is super over with the audience. I think he is built for something like this. Uh, I don't think this is like a Money in the Bank where he cashes in any time. I think he has to call his shot. Also, this match is like two guys start, then other people come in. So I don't understand if you can just like – so let's just say it's Darby Allen and Frankie Kazarian start the match. Can one of them go up and get the coin and then it's over? So that that's a whole other interesting plot point. That would be kind of interesting if, you know, let's just say it starts with those two. Then the mystery, let's say Drew Gulak is the mystery guy. He's out third and then fourth. And then like the match is over before everybody even makes it into the match. That could be a really interesting plot point uh, for those competitors that weren't able to make it actually into the match.
Then we get into what I guess would be the real big three matches that are selling this card, even though I think that ladder match kind of has my intrigue. Uh, we'll start off with, I think actually the match has the least steam. It is the AEW World Championship with John Moxley. I don't think uh, he's going to be announcing, by the way, but uh, versus Mr. Brody Lee with the Dark Order. I think this is your classic, um, probably be a really well-worked match, probably be a better match that we're going to give it credit for, but I just don't feel the steam. I don't think bringing Brody Lee in and putting him right into a title match against John Moxley. Very big WWE vibes here, and I don't think that's where we should have went. You know, I almost wish it was Lance Archer in this position. We'll get to him in his position, but, like, just to give it a little something different, a little something new, a little something fresh. Um, but with the cards in hand, John Moxley hopefully changes up that camo pants. I'm sorry. The camo pants just doesn't feel like a champion. It doesn't feel like he's there. Also wish his championship... Like, I, I kind of just wish Jericho was still the champion. I'll be honest. I think, John, we could have got there with Moxley. But w the match at hand, I think, will be good. I think there's going to be a lot of interference from the Dark Order. I think there's going to be one of those matches where all the cards are stacked against John Moxley. He will get his title back. He's uh, yeah, physically still the champion. And I think he will go over on Brody Lee in probably, what, like a 15 set to 20-minute match. Hopefully low, close to the 15. But I think it's a lot of ref bump to all these guys interfering. He overcomes, he overcomes, wins. We can move on to his next feud, um, which I think will be uh, very interesting to see where they go. Or maybe they continue this with the Dark Order for a few weeks where he has to like, beat them all. I, it, it's very interesting. I think Brody Lee, his character, the Dark Order, is much better suited in the mid-card at this point than in the main event scene. But that's my two cents. All right, then we get into the Cody versus Lance Archer, the finals of the TNT, AEW TNT Championship. There's a lot of three-letter words there. Uh, Cody versus Lance Archer. In the corner of Cody is Arn Anderson and potentially Brandy Rhodes. I think absolutely she's going to make an appearance. And Lance Archer has Jake Roberts. Don't forget the uh, like the man that's going to be giving out the title and be looming ringside is Mr. Iron Mike Tyson. Uh, he, you know, also former WWE or is a WWE Hall of Famer. Uh, that is then every time AEW debuts a belt that they want like a, to shine, it's been a WWE Hall of Famer. Bret Hart released the AEW World Championship and now it is, um, you know, Mike Tyson. I, I think it's going to be interesting who he hits. I think the perfect guy to be knocked out by him is MJF. Does he get involved with this match? I don't know, but uh, I think yeah, this is a tough one. So Cody does he need this win, as Aaron Anderson put, and as Cody is putting his promos? I want to say no, but at the same time, it's hard. Because Lance Archer, you could really build steam. Like, I think they really need to build up some strong heels. And on this card, it's like your heels, aside from the inner circle, you have Sean Spears as a solo, you know, as of now. You had Brody Lee, which I don't think those guys are really, like, title, title guys right now. MJF, who I think absolutely is. And Lance Archer, I think, could be a champion, too. So I'm trying to figure out where do they want to go with this. I think having John Moxley as your world champion, Lance Archer gets this win, becomes the first AEW TNT champion. I could easily see them going with Cody, but I just feel like Cody might have to get reinvolved with the elite, and maybe this can be like a segue out of this story. I think having Jake Roberts, Arn Anderson, Brandy Rhodes, there's going to be a snake. There's going to be – I want to see Mike Tyson punch a snake. All right, that's what I want. If I don't get Mike Tyson punching a snake in the face, I'm pissed. It's a failure. My two cents. Um, but I think at the end of the day, I'm going to go Lance Archer to beat Cody. There'll be shenanigans. There'll be a lot of stuff. Maybe it's a Mike Tyson errant punch. He tried, you know, Lance Archer and Jake Roberts are egging him on. He goes to punch him. He hits Cody. There could be some more story there. Uh, Aaron Anderson gets involved. I, I just, we need to see a snake get punched. 
That's a moral story. And I don't mean Jake the snake. I mean a physical snake. I want a snake to be punched in the face. So I'm going to go Lance Archer again over Cody Rhodes. Then our main event, what I believe will be the last match, and I believe will be a pre-tape, kind of a la Money in the Bank. I think there should be a little slapstick. I think there should be a lot of great physical action, but I think there should be a lot of good comedy in this one too, especially knowing the players involved. It is the Elite with Matt Hardy versus the Inner Circle. That is Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, and Santana and Ortiz. And uh, you got to go Inner Circle. With Matt Hardy being involved with this, I think it's just a place for him. I think there's better suited situations for him going forward. Uh, but I would say the inner circle takes the W here. But I want to see some really interesting stuff. And I think there might be a debut here as well. This is, don't forget, a stadium stampede match. So this is actually going to take place inside of a stadium with a ring in the middle of the stadium. But they can fight anywhere. Uh, I think you're going to see crazy stuff from Omega, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson. I think there are going to be some... I, I want to... Uh, hopefully Adam Page and Matt Hardy have a little bit of beef. Because all the rest of them have been so accepting of Matt Hardy. But Adam Page has never really interacted with Matt Hardy. Or Damascus. Uh, but I think for the inner circle, I, I, it, they just need the win. They do. They need the win. They need to keep their steam. Maybe it puts Chris Jericho or Jake Hager back into a title match. Also, that Jake Hager, John Moxley build over like two weeks was much better, I feel, than the Brody Lee, John Moxley. I feel like that's the position I wish we were in. I wish we were getting Jake Hager versus Moxley in a title match. But again, my two cents. So let's, um, you know, to wrap up what I think is going to happen, some of the debuts. So going back to that mystery person, I still think you have a better chance of Brian Cage, Drew Gulak than Sting, or or, or I wish it was Pac, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he's in the States. Um, and I think actually in this match to help, and I don't, they're not going to be involved in the inner circle, but to help the inner circle win, or to at least take out two of their opponents, I think we're going to see the revolt or whatever they're going to be called, the former revival debut in this match to attack Matt and Nick Jackson. Because I think then we're really going to get this tag division up and running, especially where I believe Private Party will take out Kenny Omega and Adam Hangman Page. Then you're going to have Lucha Bros, Lucha Sora, uh, Lucha, everything Lucha. Um, you'll have the, the you know, um, the... Um, Matt and Nick Jackson, you will have the Santana and Ortiz. You'll have so many tags. And then if the revolt come in, whatever Sean Spears may do, I think that tag division is really going to build up to the point where it's going to be the number two belt. And that TNT title will also be kind of in the mix. Um, it will be interesting. I think it's going to be a great night of wrestling. Again, $50, a little bit hard to chew during a pandemic, but I completely understand it at the same time. That's my two cents on it. Let me know your thoughts. You can tweet at PopCulturePD. You can follow us on YouTube. Just search Pop Culture Pile Driver. I am Jason Ross. You can find me at Jason D. Rossi. Let me know your thoughts on my picks, what picks you may have if you think differently, what debuts, shocks, surprises you think we will see at AEW's Double or Nothing 2020. And if we don't see a snake get punched in the face by Mike Tyson, the whole event, the whole event is an absolute failure.